0: We are here for another episode of Coos and Quinn, and last week we couldn't come out with an episode because Quinn was in Germany. And I gotta ask you, did you party with Bayern Munich players?
1: Ah, uh, no, no, I didn't get around to doing that. They, they were they were traveling the whole time I was there. They really? Were, they were in, where uh, they were in Berlin for a game in the league, and they were coming back the day after I left for a game of the Champions League. But no, I didn't get to see any of them. They usually,
0: usually they go very hard at Oktoberfest, especially Thomas Muller. But anyways. We're gonna start with the pregame interview today, and we're starting with my boys in the EPL, Arsenal Football Club, nine-game win streak. What do you think? Do you think they're? I personally, I think they're the real deal. What are your thoughts on the new Arsenal? Um, they've done it. Their new manager's done a great job. What's his name? Unai Emery.
1: Done a great job uh, with the guys. I'm more interested in your thoughts, though. What do you think? Is
0: this the sign? Is this indicative of what's to come? Unai Emery is the real deal. He's implementing a new playing style, and it's not as pretty as Wenger ball, but it is Unai Emery ball. And I like that he's doing high pressing and playing out of the back, which is something that all modern football teams, at least the teams at the top, are trying to do these days. I think we have two world class. Uh, I'm not gonna say world class strikers because uh, it's gonna piss off my friend Henry that gets cheese for me not calling Harry Kane world class. But I'd certainly say they're two of the top strikers in the Premier League. And I can't believe how much you disrespect Aubameyang.
1: I'm starting to gain some respect for him this season. I want to see him doing the big game though.
0: It's true. We need some big games and. Then they can all prove themselves. Those are only going to come around when we're fighting for top four because let's just say Europa League aren't big games. No, they aren't. But we're looking good, and come on, you Gooners. (laughs) Next topic for the pregame interview, Drew Brees set the new passing yards record. Why is he so underrated?
1: He's the most underrated player in the history of football. Um, the reason why, cause he played in an era with Peyton Manning and with Tom Brady. That's the only reason, but, um, no, he's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. The only having the one Super Bowl is the only thing that hurts him. But as far as, he, as, uh, quarterbacks go as coach quarterback do as though him and Sean Payton, there's not many better. And I'd say Drew Brees for me. And I've been saying this a long time. He's, he's the fifth best quarterback of all time. And there've been a lot of quarterbacks. So that's very impressive. And the way he broke it on that touchdown on Monday night football was just awesome. Class act of a guy. Um, I couldn't be happier for him, and I do agree he's the most underrated player in the history of football.
0: Um, what do you think? This is what I think. I think that every small athlete is always underrated. This is a small man complex. This here. is coming from a five foot seven guy, and that's even adding on probably half an inch. Small guys do not get the respect they deserve, and Drew Brees was really a trailblazer in the NFL. He led the way for small quarterbacks like Russell Wilson and Drew Brees. And he is severely underrated. But part of that is he doesn't have multiple Super Bowls, like you said, which is tough to do when you are playing in an era with Tom Brady. This guy's been to eight Super Bowls, so that makes it tough. Yeah, it and does. they are playing against each other, different divisions, I believe. Hmm? They're in, they're in different division or different conferences, right? Yeah.
1: So they would be playing in the Super Bowl. They still haven't met.
0: Yeah, but he did have an epic game against Peyton Manning. Drew Brees, yeah. one of the most impressive Super Bowl performances I've seen. Especially for that city, they needed that. So, Drew Brees, congrats to you, and continue playing the way you are. And I hope you uh, keep on getting dubs because you're on my fantasy team. The Jimmy Butler saga is continuing, and he showed up to practice yesterday and took on the first stringers and apparently destroyed them, and then continued to yell at the coach and the GM, saying, you effing need me to win. Is this <laughs> professional or not? No, it's not, and I hate it. And I hate the way a lot of
1: these athletes act in the social media age. Um, I didn't like Odell Beckham calling out his quarterback over the weekend. To me, it's the same sort of thing. Um, You're acting in a manner to get attention so that you can ultimately get what you want. I'm happy he's back at practice. I wouldn't have traded him if I was the Timberwolves. I I understand they're still shopping him. But, you know, once you're a free agent, you can move on to do what you want. But when you're in a contract with a team, you got to play for that team. Um, Yelling at the GM and coach, I don't know what to make of that. Um, It is pretty savage, though, to grab the second team and go beat all the rest of the starters. I don't know what kind of a message it sends to your teammates when you're supposed to be their leader. So no, ultimately I don't like it, but I do like that he's ready to ball and he's ready to go for the season. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. What do you make of the whole thing?
0: I think he he was talking the talk and he followed up with walking the walk. He went out there and showed how good he was and showed that that is what you need to compete and to win. And I think I don't, I think it was maybe it wasn't professional. Especially since he scheduled an interview right after with yeah, exactly. Rachel Nichols. Just,
1: he's just vying for attention. I don't like that. And what does it do to the morale of the team? Because you and I have been saying since we started doing podcasts, the Timberwolves are underperforming. And what are they going to do this year now that they've already... like What's the, what's the uh, segment I don't, in that dressing room?
0: I don't think that's down to Jimmy Butler. If you look at what he's fighting for, he's fighting for effort. He wants his team to put in a shift and to compete. 'cause frankly, I don't think Andrew Wiggins is there. It doesn't show like he's showing desire to win. no cat just got paid like thirty eight million a year, and you know what they offered Jimmy Butler this summer it was four years a hundred million yeah twenty five million. You really think he's thirteen million less valuable than than Carl Anthony towns, and I know part of that is like bird rights and all that stuff like. There's certain rules that give you more money. But I think Jimmy Butler's fighting for the right thing and he's fighting to win championships. He wants to win and he will do that somewhere other than Minnesota, but and I support any athlete that is fighting to win. Okay. This past week we saw one of the greatest rivalries in the playoffs in the MLB. Red Sox Yankees. What were your thoughts on the series? Um, It went pretty much as I
1: expected. I, I thought the Sox were the better team. Uh, before the series, if we had made a podcast, I probably would have taken Red Sox in four. Of course, I'm saying that now, but Red Sox win 3-1 in the best of five. But that game three, that 16-1 to one Red Sox throttling of the Yankees, that's going to hurt them all offseason. You show up to a game in the playoffs and put up that. Are you kidding me, New York?
0: At home. At home. That, yeah, the Yankees fans should be pissed at their team for that. But I'm a firm believer that pitching is what wins in the playoffs. And the Yankees just don't have the same pitching staff as the Red Sox. They do have those big hitters. But you know what? Some nights your big hitters are going to be hot. And some nights they're going to be cold.
1: Yeah. Now, I do think David Price, as we talk about pitchers, could cost the Sox down the line here. But Chris Sale, Warrior, coming out of the dugout in the division or coming out of the bullpen in the division series, I like that a lot. Um... But yeah, no, the Yankees didn't have the pitchers to go, and the Sox badge showed up when they had to. Um, But yeah, didn't go to five games like a lot of people predicted. Either way, a lot of great young players on both these teams, and we know they attract all the free agents, so I think we'll be seeing them meet up in the playoffs for the next couple years at least. We do know how baseball changes, though, seeing as what our Blue Jays are now compared to what they
0: were (laughs) 30 months ago. Exactly. The thing that is a bit disappointing is that it was only a five-game series.
1: Yeah, I I want the best of fives to go.
0: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of them either. I Wait. think just do seven games for all of them. That's I
1: feel the same way. And that one game, uh, the one game wild card needs to go. There's a lot of the AL really? has to regulate. I don't like the one game wild card. You're playing 162 games to play one game. Really?
0: I think it it makes it an exciting game. I think a lot of viewers tune into that.
1: I guess that's why they like it. It's the whole March Madness one and done type thing. Either way, it'll be interesting to watch the rest of the playoffs. Good for the Red Sox. <laughs>
0: Before the NHL season, the Leafs had the best odds to win the Stanley Cup, and they have been on fire to start the season. Do you think they'll keep it up? I mean, 14 goals in
1: their past two games, that's really impressive. They could not be outdone by our hometown, Ottawa Senators. Just kidding. I don't know how that happened. But um, yeah, Austin Matthews and John Tavares look great. Um, And just scoring up around the whole league, it was the highest scoring in the first week of a season in five years, I think. Sees a couple guys turning back the clock. Uh, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze have been on fire. A Crosby-OV duel there in the 7-6 Pittsburgh win the other night. But yeah, these Leafs, they look good. I'm not ready to call them the real deal just because the score is here. Uh, 7-6, 7-4. The defense is still non-existent and the goalie sucks. So I don't actually think they're a serious threat. But I do think we'll see them just exploding offensively all year. Starting to get reminiscent of 2009 Pittsburgh where you have, you know, two of the top five centers in the world as your number one and number two centers. And they're performing. They're living up to the hype so far. Um, you know, Leafs fans are going to embrace it. You know, you're not going to have to see it everywhere, so might as well enjoy it. But I don't see them being a threat unless they fix their uh, their defensive end. But great coach, great scoring. They're fun to watch. What do you think?
0: You pretty much summed it all up there, but they're young, they're fast, they're exciting. And like I said before, as a Sens fan, I hate to say it, but you almost want to root for the Leafs that, because they're so exciting.
1: Yeah, for sure. And because you just feel such little attachment to the Sens right now.
0: I was trying to get to that senator's joke first before, but you beat me to it with them beating them 5-3. That was probably the biggest shock of the season for me so far. Probably the biggest shock all season. That'll be the big, no, but... Um, but I'm just going to say, I'm a firm, firm believer in uh, Mike Babcock. One of the best coaches ever. He is the Greg Popovich of the NHL. He's truly, He truly is. And Brendan Shanahan made an amazing move to go out and get him. And that was the start of the Maple Leafs revolution. Because they had some horrible coaches before. Yeah, they had, they had some of the all-time worst. And to be fair, the teams weren't great with those coaches, but Randy Carlisle, man, are you serious? <laughs> Mike Babcock is just only a couple levels above Only 10,000 levels exactly. above Randy Carlisle. Exactly. And the rink's going to be full.
1: Tavares is performing. We'll see if the, what the Leafs can do throughout the season. Should be fun to watch.
0: Moving on to our halftime team talk. This is probably the most exciting segment for me. It's my NBA season preview with Quinn. There's nothing I love more than basketball, and basketball is coming around in one week. I am fired up. So let's get started with our preview. We're going to go through our award winners. And then maybe at the end we'll talk a little bit of extra stuff.
1: Yeah, we'll just talk about the NBA in general, go through our awards. Um what do you want to start with, Chris?
0: Let's start with the big award.
1: With the big award? The big big award? Individually or team? Oh, we want to go with the team award.
0: The team award is the, the NBA. You know what, I haven't
1: made up my mind on that, so I want to go through the individual awards. Um, because I put those scare before and then we'll get talking teams towards the end. Okay. Starting off with the MVP, who you got? I didn't want to do it, and the reason I didn't want to do it is because I always do it. And I went through the list, and I had to do it. Because KD's not going to win it, because there's just too much different talent in the Warriors. Harden didn't even deserve it last year. He's never going to get back-to-back. AD, I don't
0: whoa, know. Whoa, 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 whoa. Harden deserved it last year.
1: Hey, hey, I can find a podcast
0: recording where Kuz says LeBron should win it, okay? Yes. But if any, like, they weren't going to give it to LeBron last year. And if anyone was going to win it other than LeBron, it should have been James Harden. Okay. So. But get back to this year.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't think the Pelicans are going to be good enough for Anthony Davis n-
0: No way Anthony Davis makes it or wins it because their team's just not going to be a playoff team. So we have. We're agreeing on
1: everything so far, which leads me to believe I know we picked the same MVP. I do believe LeBron James can do this this year. For. You said this on a podcast last year. And you say it all the time, and you're absolutely right. MVP is all about narrative. What's the narrative surrounding the season? And before the season even starts, the story of the season is LeBron James and the Lake Show and the resurgence of the, of the Lakers. So as long as he performs up to the standards that I think are up to his own standards, and they do as well as I think they're going to, I do think LeBron will be in the MVP of the league. Who do you have for MVP?
0: You know what? I really wanted to go with the homer pick with Kawhi Leonard. Oh, God. I really would worse than if you went with LeBron. But I got to agree with you. It's it's about the story. And I think that LeBron bringing back the Showtime Lakers is a great story. If he leads them to the third seed in the West, I think he should win it. Because he's going to drop 27-10-10. He always does. And he, he's going
1: to have a great shooting percentage as he does it. Yeah. Those 75-78% of the free throws. And... He's playing with a better team than last year. I I don't know that he is or he isn't. He's I think playing there's with a younger talent. There's more skill. There could be more flair. Yeah, I do. Yeah, you know, what, it's it's a team that'll win more games in the regular season. I don't know if they're a better team for the playoffs, but yeah, for the regular season. Do you
0: remember how mad you were at the Cleveland Cavaliers last year for how it's coming back to me right now? Crap, they were yeah, last they were, year. They were they were garbage. So I'm gonna pick LeBron again. The thing that I hate about the MVP though is that they. Never give it to the person that should win it. Think about it. Last year, LeBron was unbelievably good offensively. I know defensively he wasn't as strong as past years. I think he should have won it. But James Harden won it, and I'm not too cheesed about that. But the year before, Russell Westbrook won it just because of the triple-doubles. And you know what? Last season, he averaged a triple-double again. And no one cared. No one gave a crap.
1: No, triple levels have become not like they're, they're, yeah, they're just kind of irrelevant because everybody's getting one every other night. LeBron could average one this year and it wouldn't matter. What about Giannis? I don't think you mentioned him. No, I didn't even consider him. Um, Yeah, if you want to make a true dark horse in this race, because I'd say it's a three man race between LeBron, Kevin Durant, and um, James
0: Harden, I'd say you could put Giannis. What do you think? (coughs) I think that. He has some aspects of his game that he needs to, to fine tune, to like his shooting. Yeah. For twin MVP, you have to be a pretty good all round player. Like the last last few winners, they're all great at everything. hmm Maybe true. Westbrook's shooting isn't that amazing, but it's still better than Giannis's. Absolutely. Moving on, we'll go on to the rookie of the year. And yep. I am excited to see this rookie class. Yeah, this is a great rookie
1: class in the NBA. I had trouble picking this award. For a moment, and then I realized that there was one clear-cut number one overall pick who didn't end up going number one overall But for the year, and his name's Luka Doncic. Um, I thought that was a great pick. Um, he's on a team that's sort of depleted for talent. They're not—like, you know, the, the Mavs aren't going to do anything too special. Mark Cuban said he was the number one player on our draft board. I can't believe we ended up getting him, and I agreed 100% with his analysis. And I think he's he's going to be the true leader of that team. I don't have, you know, lofty expectations for them, but— when you're the main guy on a team or one of the main guys as a rookie, right away you got to be the front runner for rookie of the year.
0: Who do you have? I have to agree with you again. I got Luka Doncic, and the amount of disrespect he got in the draft, I couldn't unbelievable. believe it. This guy won the EuroLeague MVP at age 19. He led Real Madrid to the EuroLeague title, and this is the same league that Kristaps Porzingis only averaged six points a game. And he got drafted in the top 10 yeah. to the Knicks. And he showed the league that he had talent in his rookie year. And we're talking about the guy who was the best in the league? At age 19, this guy's got to be a basketball prodigy. Yeah, he does. And um, if you see him play, his IQ is off the charts. He's silky smooth. His handles are Unbelievable. And he's got a smooth shot as well. Yeah, teams are still anxious around picking Europeans high. I guess that's the only thing you
1: can chalk it up to. They like those kids from those NCAA schools. But... I think it's the Americans
0: being ignorant. It is. And, I mean, we see that in a lot of uh, and just, spectrums of life. These these guys from Canada and Europe, like, they can ball. Basketball is a growing sport globally. Absolutely. There's going to be kids
1: from Asia soon, too, who are going to oh, top ten. Yeah,
0: like, my brother Jack says that in China, basketball's huge. Oh, yeah. Like, the NBA, the, the American franchises need to be ready for the, like, kind of like a Euro, like, worldwide takeover. Because the game is is expanding. And Luka Jancic is going to be the new Dirk Nowitzki in the face of European basketball players. And only fitting that he's playing in Dallas. That's going to go down as one of the best trades ever. Moving up to draft Luka Doncic. I mean, it may
1: be a little too early for that. Anyways, European players are on the rise, and it's on him to make a case for them. Let's move on to the next award. What do you want to do next?
0: Let's go most improved. This one's a bit interesting. It's kind of tough to choose because you kind of got to predict who's going to take the next step.
1: Yeah, it's a really hard award to uh, to predict. I got Markel Falls. I think he's finally going to have a Markel Falls year where he plays basketball, he plays a full season,
0: and he plays it well. And he has you got to remember. Can you really improve off of five games? Like, is that really, like, considered an improvement? Like, well, I mean,
1: if he's an all-star... He's never this really started. But it, it, I don't think it matters, because if he's an all-star this year, they will put a, The analysts who vote on this will consider him for most improved player, I think. And I, I don't know if he's going to be an all-star, but I think he's going to be close, because there's a lot of talent surrounding him there in Philly. He's got shooters. He's got... I mean, Simmons is one of the best all-around players in the league already. Best center. They're well-coached. I think that as long as he can distribute the ball, he can be in consideration for the All Star team. And if he, I yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, th- I do think he can win Most per Player.
0: What are you saying? This is our first disagreement, and I'm picking Aaron Gordon from the Orlando Magic. This guy averaged 17 and eight last year, and I think he can really make the step up to be a 24 and nine guy. And I for some reason I have a feeling that the Orlando Magic are going to sneak into the playoffs in that eight seed in the East.
1: I could see that. I like that pick a lot, actually, Aaron Gordon.
0: Um, he's got a well-rounded game. He's very athletic. He can shoot a mid-range. He's starting to get some good post moves. Like, I, I I really think he can take his game to the next level.
1: No, no, I agree. I like that pick a lot. I do agree with you about the Magic. They can they can sneak in there. There's spots open in the East this year.
0: Next up. We're going to go Defensive Player of the Year.
1: Yeah, I went homer on this one, and I have no shame about it. I think Kawhi Leonard, it's a contract year. He's got to play well. He's got a bug for the North. Let's do it. I think that Kawhi Leonard is going to be the Defensive Player of the Year. And really, if you look at the past few seasons he's played at full health, he has been the Defensive Player of the Year, the runner-up. So it's not merely an outlandish homer pick. However, it is a homer pick. Um, and you went with?
0: Same. You, I am the biggest homer ever. And I will admit that I am going Kawhi Leonard for Defensive Player of the Year. I saw him in the preseason game in Montreal last night, and I noticed two things. Holy crap, his hands are huge. I stared at his hands all of warm-up, and they are freakishly long. Mm -hmm. It is unbelievable. Secondly, this guy had four steals in the NBA preseason game, and he wasn't even trying. This guy... Can shut down anyone and you know what I was my brother and I were talking after the game is and we we're saying you know DeMar had these games where he wasn't shooting well as well but he doesn't affect our team on the defensive side of the court as well as Kawhi Leonard and Kawhi's been out of the game for one year and people just forget that how good he was as a defensive player last season he played, he won the Defensive Player of the Year, and he was even in the MVP race just because of how good he was defensively.
1: That's true. Messiah Jury sure hopes that that's the case, and that as you just mentioned, on the nights when DeRozan wouldn't have put up the offensive output, when Kawhi doesn't, uh, he's going to make up for it with strong defensive play. Um. So yeah, I mean... Let's reason. hope
0: so. We it's need a- it for the Raptors. Come on Raps, let's do this crap. <laughs> Next up... <laughs> The Sixth man of the year Who are you going with
1: I went with one of my all time favorite players Who is going to be coming off the bench for the first time in his career And the only reason I went with him Because I don't actually think he's going to win the award Which is kind of a stupid thing to say when I'm making a prediction This guy is so disrespected He gets so much hate And now He's a rocket And he's going to embrace that And I think they're going to be a great team this year Do I think they're going to do damage in the playoffs No Because there's the Warriors and the Lakers in the West. But, Carmelo Anthony's my sixth man of the year.
0: My sixth man. Going with another homer pick, Fred Van Vliet. He was in the running last year. And I think he's improved this year. He's gotten some playoff experience. He's no longer the young Freddy that he was last year. And I think, like, last year, he's going to be closing out games. But we know Kyle's not going to do it. (laughs) And I know that... Nick Nurse apparently he's a big fan of Freddie. I think he's going to get a lot of minutes and let's bring some hardware back to the Raptors. Even if if we don't win the NBA championship, let's at least win some individual awards. Let's
1: get to an NBA finals. How's that?
0: Exactly, but
1: let's go apps, eh? Now we're moving on <laughs> to Coach of the Year. Now, please tell me you don't have Nurse.
0: No, I don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I went with Brad Stevens on this one.
0: I did as well. This guy hasn't won a Coach of the Year award yet in his career. That's straight ridiculous. And me. this guy wins basketball games for the Boston Celtics. He won at least two games for them in the closing minutes against the Sixers in the playoffs last year. This guy has got to be the best. He's the Sean McVay of the NBA. Yes, he's the be- he's a coaching prodigy. He wins
1: games. He coaches his team. His guys want to play for him. Um, and Boston's just so loaded up and down with talent. Like they're they're going to be a great team this year. And... Like he didn't even get a vote last year. I see him
0: him being like the Mike D'Antoni of two years ago where like his team was just so good that you have to give it to him. Yeah, because they're just gonna win so many games.
1: Next up, GM of the year. I went with I went with Rob Polinka. I don't think he'll the reason I don't think he'll get it is because Magic gets all the credit for what goes on in Los Angeles. But assuming this Lakers team performs to expectations and LeBron gets them to being a you know, 45, 50, whatever win team, you know, second, third seed in the West. I mean, that, that is worthy of being general manager of the year in the sense you went out in the off season and keep in mind, aside for LeBron James, they brought in a ton of different assets here. Rondo's new Lance Stevenson. Um, who else did they
0: bring in? Uh, Michael Beasley, JaVale.
1: JaVale McGee. Like if these guys perform and, or even if whether they perform, Rondo's
0: a huge pickup, I think.
1: That's what I'm saying. So he went out and made a lot of changes in the offseason. And if you look at it, he'd already built this scene through the draft with these young guys. So if they perform, like, that's a prime candidate for General Manager of the Year. But I think that it's Magic will get, you know what I mean? P- Magic's yeah. not the GM, but he's sort of is viewed as a quasi GM. Who do you got?
0: Sticking with the homers again. <laughs> I'm going Masai Jerry. <laughs> this on. guy is one of the best GMs in the league. He is. The way but- he carries himself is unbelievable. I strive to be half as good as. As Masai Ujiri, this guy speaks from the heart in interviews. This guy says the right things. Here's my issue. This guy makes big baller trades. Do you really think, because the Raptors won, what, 59 last year? Yeah. So
1: if, if they win 58 this year, 59-60, which they will, how is that worthy of GM of the year? You switch one player for another and have, because keep in mind, these are regular season awards. I think. You have the same output one year to the next,
0: just a different guy doing it? I think the if the Raptors win first seed in the East, they've got to give it to Masai Ujiri, because he is a big part of that. Okay. And Boston's probably the favorite. Boston is the favorite to win the East. I was looking at the odds. I think they're uh, like one to two, while the Raptors are four to one. Yeah. So I think that the Raptors can do it. And Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green were were phenomenal pickups. This guy, Danny Green, is so underrated as well in that trade.
1: He is. That was a great pickup. He went
0: six for seven from three last night, and he's good defensively. Yeah, he looked good. He looked amazing. Okay. And man, he looks good in those Puma shoes as well. Right? You can never lose him on the court. I
1: can't argue that one. Yeah. Maybe it is Masai
0: then. (laughs) To end off the segment, I want to ask you, what is a low-key player that you're excited to watch and which team is a dark horse?
1: Okay. The player I'm most excited to watch this year is Devin Booker. And I don't watch the Phoenix Suns, so I don't know how much I'm going to get to watch Devin Booker, but I'm going to try to go on Reddit and watch him a little more. Find those streams because I just hear about the things he's doing, and I go back and watch highlights. And I love the way this kid plays basketball. I what? Not everything. playing defense? <laughs> yeah, Get he can shoot the ball. He can. He can shoot the ball. He has. He has great hands. I think he's a great all-around player. Good basketball IQ. You really rarely see him making dumb turnovers or anything like that. I'm really excited to watch him. A dark horse team. Um, and the Clippers. Clippers. I think the Clippers are a dark horse team. And dark horse is all relative in the West. Yeah. Because what I mean by that is they can get to the second round.
0: What? I think the Clippers can get to the second round of playoffs. I don't think they're even making the playoffs, to be honest. But that's my opinion.
1: No, I know. Uh, To me, they're a dark horse playoff team, and then I think they can win a round. So, I mean, that's not actually that big a compliment. But in today's NBA, it's a huge compliment.
0: I'm sticking with the West for my dark horse team, and I'm going with the Denver Nuggets. I think they've got a great young core with Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. Sticking with another homer, with the Canadian boys. I think, I think they're going to be fourth in the West. But I'm a huge fan of Nikola Djokic. This guy is one of the best passing centers you got a max, in the right? league. Yeah,
1: yeah, you got a max. Yeah. This
0: guy has a very well-rounded game, and I'm excited to see he should make it as an all-star this year. And my low-key player that I want to watch is Rajon Rondo. This guy wow. is one of the first players to play with LeBron that is Almost, if not at the same level of basketball IQ as LeBron. It's going to be really exciting to see how these guys play together.
1: I, I got one last question here. Assuming there is no three-peat, who is winning the title? If it's not the Golden
0: State Warriors, who's unseating them? You know what? I really want to say the Raptors, but the Boston Celtics have a very good chance.
1: Yeah, I agree with that.
0: I think, it's going, I think it could go to the East if the Warriors don't win it. I think the Raptors and Celtics can take the Rockets. I think that the Lakers have a better chance than the Rockets. I agree with that. I, I do think that, and the reason I don't think the
1: East will be the one to do is because if LeBron does get his ass by the Warriors with the Lakers, you can't tell me he's going and playing Toronto or Boston and losing. Yeah, there's no way.
0: LeBron to. To finish off the episode, we've got our closing bets. I'll start off. I've got the Astros over the Red Sox. Like I said before, pitching is huge in the playoffs. I'm going Astros. Great pitching staff. I'm going with your boys, the New England Patriots, to beat the undefeated Chiefs. I'm going Dodgers over Brewers, so we're going to see a World Series repeat. Then I'm going Chargers over Browns, sticking with my boy Melvin Gordon. And to start off the NBA season, this isn't much of an underdog pick because they are the favorites. I'm picking the Celtics over the Sixers.
1: I got the Sox and the LCS. I think it's going to be a tough battle, seven games over Houston. I think the Giants will beat the Eagles tonight and keep their slim playoffs hope a lot, hope, playoff hopes alive. I think the Cleveland Browns will narrowly defeat the Chargers. I'm so excited to watch that game on Sunday. I think the Dodgers will roll through the Brewers, making an L.A. Boston World Series. And I think the Patriots will beat the 5-0 Kansas City Chiefs
0: on Sunday Night Football. Let's go, Pats! That's an episode of Coos and Quinn. Hope you enjoyed it. We're certainly very excited for the NBA season. To end off the episode, if you're listening on Anchor, you'll hear NBA on TNT theme song. Enjoy the music.